Good evening, Northside family. Hope you're having a good week so far. Before we, we jump into our study tonight, I just want you to know that you're loved. Man, you're loved by the creator of the universe. Man, we're, we're living in a world of, of so much hate and, and so much violence. And man, we're called to be salt and light. And so I want you to know that you are loved and that through the power of the Spirit of God, you can love and we can be the salt and we can be the light and we can be rooted in Christ and built up in Christ and may just make a difference uh, for the glory of Jesus Christ. And so look, you, you may be discouraged uh, this week. Um, maybe there's some things that have happened to you and, and I just want you to know that the Lord who is our shepherd um, loves you and he's right there with you, whatever you're going through. We're going to continue our study called Rooted, right? We're rooted and, and built up in Jesus Christ. So far, we've looked at Bible intake, talking about the spiritual discipline of Bible intake. We've looked at the spiritual, spiritual discipline of prayer. Last week, we talked about worship. Tonight, I want to begin a two-week study on fasting, on fasting. Now, if you're like me, uh, you grew up in church, you didn't hear a lot on fasting. It's not something you heard preached a lot, and, and maybe you're not really familiar with it in your own life. It's a discipline that you have practiced maybe not at all or, or sparingly, inconsistently. Maybe you have questions about what is fasting. So we're going to spend two uh, Wednesday nights looking at this, and I just want to ask five questions. Question number one, what is fasting? Question number two, is fasting a commandment? Number three, what is the purpose of fasting? Why do we fast? Number four, how long should we fast? So we miss one meal, two meals a day, three days. Maybe what does that look like? And then the last question is, what are some practical applications for fasting today? So I want to try to answer two questions uh, tonight, and then we'll get into the more practical stuff next week. So question number one, what is fasting? I have a couple books on spiritual disciplines and each of those books, actually I have three of them, uh, deal with the issue of fasting. Donald Whitney uh, in his spiritual disciplines book defines fasting this way, a Christian's voluntary abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. So his definition is primarily focusing on abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. But there is a broader view of fasting as well. So Richard Foster, in his book on spiritual disciplines, defines fasting as the voluntary denial of a normal function for the sake of intense spiritual activity. So Foster expands from fasting, from food, to include fasting from any normal function. Martin Lloyd-Jones writes, fasting should really be made to include abstinence from anything which is legitimate in and of itself for the sake of some special spiritual purpose. So the Bible refers to fasting simply in terms of abstaining from food and water. When the Bible talks about fasting, it is talking about abstaining from food 
and or water. And that's what we're going to primarily focus on tonight and even into next week. But I do agree with Foster and Lloyd-Jones that fasting can be expanded right, to include abstaining from a normal activity. So we could talk about abstaining from our cell phone for a specific period of time or fasting from social media or maybe even fasting from sports. We can talk about those things. I think, I think that could be an element of fasting. Uh, but primarily the Bible speaks of fasting from food and so that will be our focus. But, but here's the important thing I want you to understand as we think about what is fasting. We abstain from food or from sports or social media for what end? And the reason we abstain from these things is for spiritual purposes. So when we talk about fasting from food, we're not talking about uh, a fast from food that may help you lose weight. That, that's not what the Bible's talking about. Don't eat lunch and breakfast so you can lose a pound or two or an inch. No, we're talking about abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose so that we might, as we abstain from food, depend more upon the Lord than we might our, our lunch. Or we may set aside a meal so that time that we might spend eating, instead we would spend praying or reading scripture or seeking the Lord. So we're fasting for spiritual purposes. That's really, really important. So as we study the Bible, what we notice is the Bible distinguishes between several kinds of, of fast. And, and we may give these fast labels. The Bible doesn't give them necessarily labels. It just helps us to understand what kind of fast we see in the Scripture. And again, it's, almost, it's referring almost always, if not always, to abstaining from food and or water. So one type of fast that we see in Scripture, scripture is what people call a partial fast. It's a partial fast. So you are abstaining from maybe certain types of food, or maybe you abstain from all types of food for a period of time, but you drink water or a liquid. So, for example, we see in Daniel, with Daniel and the three Jewish young men, that for 10 days, all that they ate were vegetables and they had water to drink. That would be a partial fast. They were abstaining from certain types of food, only eating vegetables, and they were drinking water. A partial fast also may be you say, I'm not going to eat two meals, but I will drink water. Or I'm not going to eat food for 24 hours, but I'm still going to drink water. Or I may drink some sort of juice, right? That's a partial fast. In Scripture, there is also an absolute fast. When we talk about this type of fast, we're, we're saying they abstained from food and drink for a period of time. It was an absolute fast. So in Ezra chapter 10, verse 6, it says, Ezra ate no food or drank no water because he continued to mourn over the unfaithfulness of the exiles. In Acts chapter 9, verse 9, we read, And for three days he, Paul, was without sight and neither ate nor drank. This is an absolute fast. For a certain designated time period, that individual did not take any type of food or any type of liquid into their body. An absolute fast. We also see some instances in Scripture of a supernatural 
fast. We might call this a supernatural fast. Right? And so in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 9, it says that Moses ate no bread or drank water for 40 days. 40 days. That is a supernatural fast, right? We know that our body needs food and water. So for 40 days, God supernaturally sustained Moses as he abstained from food and water. Richard Foster, uh, I think, gives us a, a good warning here when he says it must be underscored that this type of fast is the exception and should never be engaged in unless one has a very clear command from God. Right? Anyone that would have any sort of health issue, it's probably not wise for them to go on a complete 40-day fast of no food, no water, or even maybe fasting longer than three days of no food, no water, right? That may be something you want to consult uh, your doctor on if you have any sort of, of health issue. But we do see in Scripture these supernatural fasts. We see a couple occasions of those. In Scripture, we see a private fast. In fact, this would be the most common type of fast, right? Jesus says, he teaches in the Gospel of Matthew that your fasting was not to be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. So this would be a private fast. You are fasting. could be a partial. could be an absolute. Uh, you're, you're fasting privately. You're not walking around telling everybody, hey, I'm fasting. You don't go into your Sunday school class and say, hey, I haven't eaten in two days. I'm fasting. It's a private fast between you and God. But in Scripture, we also do see a public or a corporate fast, right? In Leviticus 23, 27, talking about the Day of Atonement, we see that this was a day that every year the people of God were to fast. Now, on the seventh day of the seventh month is the Day of Atonement. It shall be for you a time of holy convocation, and you shall afflict yourselves. And my Bible has the little number one, and at the bottom it says, or can be translated, or shall fast and present a food offering to the Lord, right? This was a, a corporate fast, a public fast, that every day on the Day of Atonement, the people of God were to fast. So you would know, hey, my neighbor's probably fasting, my spouse is probably fasting, right? Because it was a corporate fast. Also in Scripture, we see the occasional fast, or a national fast, or one person said this would be sort of an emergency fast. So in Joel chapter 2, verses 15 through 16, we read, Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people. So this was an occasional, it wasn't a, a regular, repetitive fast, but they were calling, let's have a, a national fast. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 4, Judah is invaded. So King Jehoshaphat calls the nation, he's calling the entire nation, people of God, to fast. So we see these occasional or these national fasts. There have been times in our history where a pastor, a president, a, a spiritual leader may call on the people, right, to, to fast. Um, and then there are regular fasts, regular fasts. So I encourage you to read Zechariah chapter 8, verse 19. It references by the time of Zechariah, there were four, four regular fasts that were held, that people knew on this day, at this time, we were going to have a fast. It was regular. 
Luke chapter 18, verse 12, you have the Pharisee, right, uh, beating his chest, like, hey, look at me, look how religious I am, right? He declares, I fast twice a week. So the religious people in Jesus' day were fasting regularly. Now, they were bragging about it, but this is a regular fast, where you may fast on a weekly basis or one day a month, where you know you're going to have this regular fast. So these are just some examples of some different fasts that we see in the Scripture. Here's the second question I want us to ask, and that is this. Is fasting, specifically abstaining from food and or water for a specific designated time, and if you want to include in that abstaining from other things as well, is that fasting a commandment? Are we commanded to fast? Two things I want to point out to you. Number one, the New Testament does not mandate that Christians fast, nor does it mandate certain days in which we are to fast, or the specific, specific frequency that we are to fast. So the New Testament does not command Christians you must fast. You have now begun to follow Jesus. You are to fast on this day, at this time, or this is how you are to fast. So it is not commanded. Secondly, Jesus Christ does not command that Christians fast. But Jesus' instructions on fasting does make it clear that he expects Christians to fast. Let me show you why I make that statement. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I want you to notice the context here of Matthew chapter 6. There's a couple things I want you to observe. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, beginning, beginning in verse 2, it says, Thus, when you give to the needy. When you give to the needy. It doesn't say you must give to the needy, but when you give to the needy. Sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, not if you give to the needy, not you must give to the needy, but when you give to the needy. Two times he says, when you give. You drop down. He begins to talk about prayer, beginning in verse 5. And when you pray, not if you pray or you must pray, but when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to the Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 7, and when you pray. Three times he says, when you pray, not if you pray or you must pray, but when you pray. So based upon those verses, we see that giving and praying, though not commanded by Jesus, the expectation is that Christians will give generously and will pray to the Father. We then drop down and we see within the context of giving and praying, Jesus then speaks to fasting. Verse 16, and when you fast. Not if you fast, not you must fast, but when you fast. Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward, but when you fast. Again, not if or you must, 
But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. We would all agree that Jesus expects his people to give. We would all agree that he expects his people to pray. Therefore, we must also agree, based upon these verses, that Jesus expects us to fast. These words of Jesus do not um, constitute a command, right? He's not commanding us to do this. He does not say if you fast or you must fast, but his words are very simply, and when you fast. There's the expectation that we will fast. We also want to look at Matthew chapter 9 briefly. Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15. And the disciples of John came to him. Right here come the disciples of John and um, they're perplexed over the fact that the Pharisees are fasting, but Jesus' disciples aren't fasting. Why is this? The Pharisees fast, Jesus, your disciples don't. Why? And so the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guest mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. Right? It's as if Jesus is teaching them, listen, when the bridegroom is there, there is no mourning. Rather, it is a time for celebration. It's a time of feast because the bridegroom is there. When the bridegroom is not there, that would then be a time of looking and anticipating and even maybe necessarily mourning, waiting for the bridegroom to return. And the implication here that Jesus is making to John's disciples is this. Listen, the bridegroom is here. The disciples are with the bridegroom. I'm the bridegroom. Now, as the disciples are with me, is not a time to fast, but it is a time to feast. It's a time of feasting here in Matthew chapter 9. But then he says, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. But Jesus is saying, now, with me here on this earth, with my disciples, it's a time to feast. But a day is coming, Jesus says, when the bridegroom will leave, and it's then that they will fast. The most natural interpretation of the days as to when Jesus' disciples were going to fast is when Jesus ascends to the Father and the disciples now are away physically from Jesus Christ, the bridegroom. So Jesus is going to be killed, raised from the dead, then he ascends to the Father, and it's at that moment that the disciples are then to fast in anticipation and in waiting for the bridegroom to return. Does Jesus command that they fast? No. But there is no way to escape the force of Jesus' words in this passage. He made it clear that he expected his disciples to fast after he was gone. Richard Foster, in his book on spiritual disciplines, writes, Perhaps it is best to avoid the term command, since in the strictest sense Jesus did not command fasting. But it is obvious that he proceeded on the principle that the children of the kingdom of God would fast. So as we study the early church, after Jesus ascends to the Father, we see them fasting. Acts chapter 13, right, verse 2, we read this, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, 
the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Acts 14, verse 23. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So here, here's the question. If the Bible teaches fasting, and we see the people of God in the Old Testament fasting in a variety of different types of fast. And Jesus assumes his disciples, his followers, will fast. And the early church practiced fasting. Should we as Christians, as followers of Christ, not to practice the spiritual discipline of fasting? Abstaining from food and or drink for a specific period of time to more specifically seek the Lord for spiritual purposes. Or if we wanted to apply it into abstaining from a social media account or abstaining from sports, if something is distracting us from pursuing God, would it not make sense for us then to be a people who fast? So just a couple questions as we wrap this up. Number one, have you fasted? Have you ever fasted from food? From water, social media? Have you ever fasted? Set aside something for a specific period of time for spiritual purposes. Is fasting something you practice regularly? Once a week? Once a month? And if not, if you have never fasted or it's been inconsistent in your life, why? Why? Next week, I want to look at three more questions. Tonight we've kind of seen just biblical examples of fasting, what it is, and what Jesus taught about fasting. But next week I want to ask three more questions. What is the purpose? Why do we fast? Is it just to lose weight? Is it just to say, hey, look, I fasted. Why do we fast? What is the purpose of fasting? How long should we fast? And what are some practical applications for fasting today? Have you fasted? Have you considered fasting? And will you consider fasting? Will you consider bringing the spiritual discipline into your life so that we might seek the Lord more fervently, more consistently, and in the process become more dependent upon the Lord and less dependent upon food or less dependent upon the luxuries of this world? Will we depend more upon the Lord? Would you pray with me? Father, we have many examples in Scripture, God, of your people fasting, of abstaining from a basic necessity of life, food. Lord, will we seek to add this discipline into our life? Not to fast for fasting's sake. Not to fast so that we can boast or brag about our discipline or our devotion. But are we willing, God, to set aside something we hold precious and dear to us, like food? And to say, Lord, as much as I have been dependent upon food, as much as I need food, I know that I cannot live on bread alone. 
then I must live depend upon the very words of God. Oh God, would you forgive us as a people, as a church, as a nation. More than ever, God, your people need to turn to you in, in great hope, but also, Lord, in just desperation. And praying, oh God, for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praying, God, that your church would rise up and be the salt and light. Lord, that we might fast and abstain from food. Lord, just to seek your face and to in repentance and in confession and in crying out, oh God, for your power to be manifested among us. Lord, these things aren't always easy. But they, God, are necessary if we are going to be rooted and built up and to grow in our knowledge and understanding of Jesus Christ. So, Spirit of God, convict us. Show us the importance of fasting. And use this discipline, Lord, to cause us to love you more and to know you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a good night.